Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Welcome to Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, only on the home of Notre Dame football. Sports Radio 960 WSBT and WSBTRadio.com. Brought to you by the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Sherwood Tire, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, Pet Refuge, Centier Bank, Tim Growl State Farm Insurance, McLoe Truck, OSMC, Imperial Furniture, Lozier, Pella Windows, and Hotel Elkhart. Oh, there's people dancing all over. Eddie Street Commons, across from Five Guys. It's like a scene out of The Wizard of Oz, Jim. Is it, uh, is it more dancing just trying to, uh, <laughs> or are they being picked up by the wind? Picked up by the wind. <laughs> and I'm, just trying desperately to hang on to something. I'm waiting for the witch <laughs> on the bike to go flying by. I am too. There. <laughs> this is a Legacy Heat and Air Game Day show. Good afternoon. There you go. You got it down. No matter what, we're here. We're weighted. The tent is weighted down with big concrete weights. During breaks, Jim's going to lift those for some exercise. Right. And our first guest, when we get to Bob in a little bit, looks like he still lifts some weights. Anyway, we're here. We're your little ray of sunshine as we get ready for your Fighting Irish to prepare to take on and upset the number four Clemson Tigers tonight at the house that Rockney built. Again, I'm Tim Growl, Jim Marizari, and we thank Matt Embry back in the studio and Bob, our engineer, Bob Henning. He's here somewhere. Anyway, we are across from uh, Eddie Street Commons, right across from Five Guys. You know, the wind's so bad, we don't even get the burger smell today. No, no, no. we don't. I, I just noticed that now. <laughs> We're at the blowing center. everything back. <laughs> That's right. We're at the center of Eddie Street Commons in the in west entrance to the parking garage. Please stop on by and see us and uh, get some pictures with the guests or autographs. We're going to be joined today by former Notre Dame players Bob Morton, Bill Gallagher, and Mike Haywood. And Mike was also an offensive coordinator at Notre Dame under Charlie Weiss. And let's not forget the one, the only, Rudy. The original will join us here in about 25 minutes. So come on out or keep you or as, dial set and listen. Or as I, or as I described him uh, yesterday <laughs> on Leprechaun Lunch, uh, just some guy who had a movie made about him. <laughs> it is funny. It was it was pretty windy out here, but it did not get severely windy until almost right on the button. Right on, right smack dab, two o'clock. <laughs> all right. First impressions. You've been talking a lot all, all week on your show and stuff about the Irish. You know, got a fighting chance. Um, if the running game gets going early, if uh, heck, if if they get if they got off to a fast start, if they got off to a start like they did against Syracuse, mm -hmm. you know, where <laughs> I mean, it'd right. be great if they could repeat that performance you know of a pick six on the first play oh, back yeah. but um i mean if they can get off to a fast start hold clemson to a couple of three and outs you know to start and then while you're doing that also put points up for yourself they're beatable absolutely you know Sy agree. like syracuse kind of cracked the code a little bit you know the week a uh, couple of weeks ago uh against uh, against clemson so you know except for you know that whole fourth quarter thing sure but three quarters of the game 
you know, just just kind of do what Syracuse did, really. You know, get off to that fast start, yep. hold them to, you know, get turnovers. Um, and, uh, yeah, if the, if the running game gets going, even better. Keep them off the field. Yeah. Use the time. It's going to be windy out there. I'm not sure how it's going to affect that. Wind's coming out of the southeast, so the wind might be with the kicker from the south and going towards touchdown Jesus and going to the south. It's going to be tough. Yeah. Here's a guy had a lot of tough games practices and he's in a tough job now for working for Notre Dame so <laughs> former Notre Dame player Bob Morton good afternoon I almost said good morning again good, mo good listen afternoon. listen when you have a 2:30 game most <laughs> weeks right like this right. is morning time right. so I'll go ahead and let you guys sleep in a little bit for these 7:30 games like good I didn't, morning I didn't, to you guys I didn't wake up till 11 this morning <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm <laughs> hey Bob let's let's start with and we'll go backwards what are you doing now with the university yeah so I came back to the university four and a half years ago when I graduated in 2006 um, I spent 12 years in the evangelical church, got my master's degree in theology, um, you know, worked uh, south side of Fort Wayne, the school district that had 32 first languages spoken, and then uh, came back to the church in Granger that uh, I actually attended when I was at Notre Dame. Four and a half years ago, after a, a burger and a beer with a dear friend of mine, uh, had an opportunity to come back into the development office, and uh, now my primary responsibility is to, to try and increase financial aid gifts to the university. Um, higher education is more expensive expensive now than it's ever been right and and Notre Dame is really uh, trying to stem the increase in tuition okay. where other right. universities get more and more expensive sure do. Notre Dame is just trying to make sure that that our pace in that is slower than the, the rest of the nation and that's that's what I'm here for do you huh? use your physical stature at all to, to Listen, get some I mean, financial <laughs> gifts does yeah. that benefit at all <laughs> yeah like sometimes I just have to stand over somebody and right. intimidate a gift that no no it's it's not that my goal is to is to whoever I work with make sure that they know they've got a guy on campus right, right? so sure. if they if they have a son or daughter that needs to take a tour of campus if they're wondering like hey can I get a, a parking pass instead of in this lot in right. that lot um, heaven forbid they have a student here who's sick and and they just want somebody to drop off chicken noodle soup right. like I, I really want to be kind of all things to all people that I That's work fantastic. with and then the the giving the philanthropy is is really it stems out of that relationship how many good ideas and deals are conceived over a burger and a brew listen i'll tell you what man <laughs> it, it's my favorite way of doing business i'll say that <laughs> that's it <laughs> all good ideas happen that way all right now we'll go back from the beginning which we like to do we like to hear how people got started um so high school did you play multiple positions on the offensive line in high school like you ended up and did in Notre dame uh, you know, I mean, yes and no, right? So I, mean, I was 6'4", 275 as a freshman. Um, I was a hockey player. I, I, I moved from Boston to Texas. And I'm okay. sorry, you were a hockey player? I was a hockey player. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. I wouldn't want to check from him. Holy no, you wouldn't. you wouldn't. I'll tell you that right now. And uh, and so, I mean, you move, you move from Boston down to Dallas, Texas, and, and there's not like a whole lot of hockey rinks and a whole lot of sure. hockey teams there. And so the athletic director was like, I will tell you where the hockey rink is if you come out for, for football practice. <laughs> And uh, two years later, I was one of you know you know two or three uh, sophomores starting on varsity. I was starting at left tackle, and back in the day, centers you, you know were six one, six two, often two fifty five, maybe the smallest guys in the whole line. Yeah. And uh, you know my offensive line coach in high school, Travis Smith, was just phenomenal and just really a forward thinker for a high school coach. Said, hey, I want to move you inside. You're the most experienced guy we're going to have. I want you calling the plays. I want you working with the quarterback. And he brought me inside, and I was fortunate after three three years 
years of varsity football in Texas to be the number one center uh, rated in the country, committed here in a really tumultuous time where was my coach Bob Davey, was it George O'Leary, was it Ty Willingham? Oh, oh man. man. Listen, I was, coming right to, in there. Yeah. I, I was coming to Notre Dame no matter what, and I tried to yeah. keep that class together as best I could and, uh, you know, got here in the summer before my freshman year and the rest has been history. We're on the Legacy Eating Air Game Day Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're talking with uh, former offensive, Irish offensive lineman Bob Morton. Who did recruit you then from the university since we're not sure who was the coach? Was. Yeah, actually the only person <laughs> that survived all three of those uh, head coaches was Greg Madison. He was a defensive line, oh, great, okay. defensive great. line coach, yeah. maybe the, at the time the best recruiter yes. in the country. Yes. And so the awkward thing was um, the, the recruiter for me at Stanford, which is where Ty Willingham was, was our running back coach by the name of Buzz Preston. And so I had to tell him, <laughs> I had to say, Coach Preston, like I – I love what Stanford offers. I'm just not a California guy. Like, it's not for me. And so then I show up to Notre Dame, and uh, as much as Greg Madison wanted to be the one to meet me on campus, I yeah. Buzz Preston shows up and was all like, hey, you thought you could get rid of me. Oh, <laughs> and, uh, so we had a good old time. Great, great man. Still in touch with both of them to this day. So you were at the Irish from 2003 to 2006? 02 to 06. Yeah, 02 I came in. I redshirted that first year. There was a guy by the name of Jeff Fain uh-huh. who was the center before me. I decided to be nice and let him keep his position. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't know, Jeff Fain was all world, right, right. as an yeah. offensive lineman. So <laughs> That's I, why I asked you about whether you played multiple positions there because I do know you. You played center, and then you graciously, I think graciously, at part of the team, you gave it up to go to, to left. Yeah, yeah I mean, really, that's, that's the thing that I think I've really carried into just my adult and professional life as well. I hope everybody's okay. Yeah, uh, yeah right. Got a got a fire truck right 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 down here on Eddy Street. So uh, this is live radio. It folks. is. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, uh, so it was after after my freshman year, sophomore year. John Sullivan, who just retired a couple years ago, had an amazing NFL career. Right. Came in the year after me, um, and we needed somebody at you know I think it was left guard, and so I shifted over, and he came in and played center. Charlie Weiss comes in the next year, wants me to play center again. And so we just had this kind of like a little bit of uh, musical chairs uh, on the offensive line. We considered ourselves for a couple years as having six starters. And so um, it was just a a matter of I could do all of those things. Why wouldn't I do that to get the best five on the field? And so having that opportunity to do that, some of the best days of my life with guys that uh, to this day may not really know how important they are to just my development as a human being, and, uh, and, yeah, still something I'm really, really proud to, to, to have done. So not all offensive linemen can, can do that. Tell, yeah. me, tell me the technical about changing from uh, center to left guard. Stance for one, right? Stance for one, right? I mean, not everybody can switch from right to a left-handed stance. Like, it is a little bit different for whatever reason. Like, I was a better offensive lineman in a left-handed stance. Like, I couldn't just go move over and play right guard right away. Right. Like, it was there was something in my head. And so getting in the left-handed stance, I did things uh, technically a little bit better. But the big thing for me was the timing. When you're a center, you're snapping and you're hitting with your offhand hand often at the, the same time, instantaneously. There's a nose guard right on you trying to disrupt the play. When you're a guard, you've got an opportunity to get two feet in the ground before anybody touches you. It's even more so as a tackle. And so moving anywhere else on the line, it seems like it would be really easy, but you're expecting to get hit right away. And all of a sudden, you've got time to reach that outside technique, to maybe pull even. And those are things that... um, you know, I had to work an entire, you know, spring practice and off season to really get comfortable and be natural at. Was what? that uh, was that something that as as you develop that skill, as you as you practice it more and more, that it's almost like time slows down, like every like everything that you see just 
<laughs> just yeah. takes that extra second or so to develop. Yeah, it was super interesting. So you know, I was I was a center, and then we would um, we would you'd be rotating and get another center in there, and I would sit there ne- next to Coach McDonnell, who was my offensive line coach, and say, you know, hey, Coach, like we're down a left guard, like rather than bring in somebody who's not ready or may not play in a game, mm-hmm. if, I'm, if I have to be game ready, like, let me go practice at left guard. And so I'd pull around, and I'd be so thinking about every step that I was technically sound, and then all of a sudden I'd get hit in the back by a running back, right, because I wasn't <laughs> fast enough into the hole. Okay. Listen, I've never been hit hard. Well, that's not true. Matthias Kiwanuka from Boston College took my soul one day. But outside, gonna, but outside, about that but outside, <laughs> But outside of that you know, soul-leaving-my-body moment, the hardest I've ever been hit was Julius Jones hitting me early in a practice one day and saying, oh, wow. like, get out of my gap, right? And, like, oh. and it was like him teaching me sure. like what I thought to expect from a running back. Right. It, we were about to step up up in our running game and so I needed to learn what it was like to not just pull and be technically sound but to speed that up and so thankfully as time went on the game slowed down I sped up I mean not that much faster than normal I'm I'm not a speed demon by any means (laughs) (laughs) Tim and Jim with former Notre Dame center then turned left guard Bob Morton on Sports Radio 960 WSBT so here's some of the names of uh, your buddies that you played with and uh, Irish fans all know about it Chris Stewart uh, Dan Santucci, Sam Young, Ryan Harris, John Carlson, Eric Olson, and then behind you were Brady Quinn, Travis Thomas, Darius Walker, a lot of a lot of names that everybody. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I, with all due respect, I feel like I need to correct you. You you misspoke, Tim, when you said that I played with them. I like to lovingly say those gentlemen played with me. So no, it's just a, <laughs> as an offensive lineman, you don't get a whole lot of uh, a whole lot of shine. But I'm on the radio and they're not right now, so I'm going to go ahead and take it while I can get and, it. And I will gladly accept somebody changing my the way I read it. So I, I go, I'm right with you, man. I'm right with you. Hey, so one of the things you participated in was the Bush Push game. Yes, thanks where, for that reminder. Where, where were you <laughs> when the offense was on the sidelines and they were hit that long pass? Because I was in the stadium, unfortunately. Thought they won, we won too. Yeah, absolutely. It was like everybody else was starting to go down, the, down, but no. But yeah, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say this. Like, I think that you know, we all, we all had some semblance of feeling like we, we've, we've got this. We won this, right? It's over. But there was also something about, like, there was a mystique about Reggie Bush that year that um, you realize that if there was one second on the clock and he had the ball in his hands, it might take not just the 11 guys on the field, but the 100 guys you got on the sideline to bring this guy down. And so there was an unsettled feeling in the pit of my stomach. And then when that fourth down hit uh, Dwayne Jarrett, I think it was, that Mm -hmm. took it down uh, inside the 10, it was just like a, a, I mean, there's a lot of words that that I'm not going to put on the radio. Sure. I I (laughs) appreciate that. I cannot, I, I just could not believe that we were in that space. And then, you know, you have what, what I thought was a, a, a genuine mistake, you know, on the Leinart fumble um, where they gave him forward progress, right. but yeah. then they also stopped the clock. So either they've got to let the ball go out One of bounds other, and right? stop the clock, yeah. which would have been the three-yard line. I still like Reggie Bush on a, on a sweep to the right to get in, or it's forward progress and the clock stops. So there was a mistake in there. But, I mean, it, it's still – I had the opportunity to play in that game. It was amazing to come back. It was amazing to play the way that we did. Just really unfortunate that we have to be remembered as the team that didn't come out on top. Tell us about playing in the huddle with a, a guy of stature, Brady Quinn. Not just that game, but all the games that you were guys L- And Anytime you're with somebody that pretty, man, you just realize <laughs> – you realize that, that you're not. You know what I mean? No, I, I, I had a, you I had need a, to get on this side. I'll take it off. I'll go <laughs> sit over no, there. No, I, I, I think – 
you know, I've, I, I, I haven't you know, chatted with Brady a, a whole lot in, in years since, but but really, like, I I felt like I knew him as a, as a football player really well. Like, my desire was to know not just what I needed to do on every play, but really the X's and O's of what everyone was going to do. And so um, I was... I felt privy to like what what was going on in his head as he was making certain plays, and what I loved about it was in my head I would know, okay, we're gonna go ahead and hit Smarge on this slant, or he's gonna we're, we're gonna block a run, but he's gonna throw it to Stovall over there on the left, and there would be times that he would do something that I wasn't ready for, and those were the plays that made you say, wow, right? Wow. And so you know that's that that's what it's like playing with somebody like that. You, when when somebody goes off script mm-hmm. and sucks. That's normal. <laughs> when somebody can go off script and and surprise their O line yeah. and and shock the world that way, that's pretty fun to be a part of. And so it was just an honor for me to be on the same team as somebody of that caliber. So Bob Martin, tell us um, about this year's Irish. First off, how they've developed from the first game till now, and then we'll talk about what you think has to be done today. Yeah, I think in terms of development, it's been really interesting, right? Like. You have to remember, as exciting as it was when Marcus Freeman was announced, first-year coach, first-year freed up without Brian Kelly, offensive coordinator, first-year system on defense for, like, the third time. First-year head coach uh, assistance. Yeah. yeah, and so so you've got a lot of things that, that – um, I don't want to say we're stacked against, but we're, we're obstacles for this team that I don't know that they handled super well at the beginning. Um, you have your best offensive lineman, arguably, at least the one you expected to be, playing a new position. Um, yeah. You've got different people who haven't played up there. And so this expectation that we were going to be a run-dominant team didn't play out early. I don't think the play calling for a mobile quarterback was really successful early, yeah. and, and it hurt. Tyler Buckner physically, and I think it hurt our team. Mm-hmm. Um, the the thing I'll say in terms of development um, is we've seen over the course of the season there's something special when we're able to use two out of the three running backs that we have yeah. on the field. Right. I've been begging anyone who would listen <laughs> to put seven and three on the field at the same time, not because I think they're inherently the two best backs. Mm-hmm. I think they complement each other so well. And when we came out in an eye formation and handed to baby bus, you know, yeah. estimate right. up the right. middle, right. three and a half yards in a cloud of those rubber pellets, man, and I'm a happy camper. Right. I think last week, Tim, um, Tommy Reese called the first game that I thought was, was, a, good game. was, was a great game game plan and execution and if we made a couple of adjustments coming out of halftime it's his first perfect game as an offensive coordinator you talk about the running them both at the same time the i formation does anybody even use the i formation anywhere before well before or, or now <laughs> now yeah. yeah you know yet you, you uh, People do it unsuccessfully, right? Like, there's no real room for just a true fullback anymore. But if you, if you look back to when I played, I had a guy that I played with, number 16, Rashawn powers Neal, And he was arguably our best running back, even when um, uh, even when Darius was on our team. Mm-hmm. He was the guy that could get us four to five yards, when even when I didn't block anybody, right? <laughs> and that's who Estime has reminded me of. And so... If he can just put a hat on a hat and take up a blocker, we don't need him to be a dominant fullback. We don't need another Mark Edwards, right? Right, what, right, what, right. We, what we need is somebody who can get those four yards when we need it and provide the extra time in the backfield that Logan Diggs needs to be special. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah, I don't see the eye formation a whole lot other than you see the modified pistol right. with the fullback to the right or the left well, and then the tailback yeah. behind. 
We're going to have uh, the last guest of the show is uh, Bill Gallagher, and he played back in the days where there really were fullbacks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. And they called them like left halfback and right halfback and fullbacks and stuff too. Back when the term fullback actually meant something. Right, right? exactly. Yeah. Are you a score predictor? I'm not a score. I'll predict the score. If you, I mean, you're you're the you're the host. So if you tell me to predict the score, I'll. I'll I'm not going to tell you. I'll ask you if you'd like to predict the score. <laughs> uh, you're too big for me to this, tell this, you to do this, anything. This is where that physical stature thing <laughs> comes right. in. You know what? I'll, I'll go ahead and defer. For uh, you, you said Mike Haywood was coming on a little bit later, yeah, right? So right. Mike will probably say that somebody's going to stomp a mud hole in somebody else. If I remember back from when he was coordinating, <laughs> but uh, I'll go ahead and let Haywood uh, uh, predict the score. I think that you guys have kind of hit the nail on the head with the possibility. I think this is an uphill sledding kind of game for Notre Dame. Um, what what really hurt us coming out of half was um, whenever they stacked the box, mm-hmm. we didn't run the ball well. Whenever third down hit, they dropped seven or eight, and Pine wasn't accurate with his throws to, yeah. to, to really get get off, you know get continued on third down. Clemson's the kind of team that can really stop a running game with four mm-hmm. and drop seven the entire game. I don't like our chances if we don't run the ball well. Yeah. I think if we have to throw the ball in this kind of wind We're against that defense, yeah. Yeah. like it, it's yeah. not it's not going to be pretty. And the orange faithful that are flooding these streets right now are going to be pretty loud in the game. That being said, I thought Syracuse had a leg up on us because they were the grittier team, mm-hmm. and we came out and showed that we were tougher than Syracuse. Syracuse out-toughed Clemson two right. weeks ago. Yeah. Right. Now we need, just need to go ahead and, and think of ourselves yep. as a bully and bully Clemson today. All right. Sounds like a plan to me, Jim. What I'm, do you think? I'm, I'm sold. All right. <laughs> Bob Morton, thank you for taking your time with us today. We really appreciate it. And we'll, we'll, we'll catch you. I already, I already prepped you that I'm going to be contacting you about some of your other player friends. So. Absolutely. All <laughs> those guys that played with me. There you Sounds go. Good, Jim. You got it. Thanks a lot. Stay Thanks, right guys. with us. Yep. We're on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, your home for the Fighting Irish. We're back with Rudy. Oh, and it is start of the rain out here, but we don't care. We're covered. That's right. Yeah. We're just like football players. We tough it out. That's right. Right? Until the you know the wind takes the tent. Then, yeah, then we're scurrying right. into, yeah. what into I, Brew what, Burger or Five Guys or wherever. Yeah. What did I say if the tent goes flying? <laughs> uh, I guess just The show goes going. on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we do have 175 feet of cord, though. Yeah, yeah well, that's we can, true. We can take this show anywhere. <laughs> Oh, boy, that's tempting now, man. A beer right now. Okay. Right. Anyway, we're in the center of the old Eddie Commons. Eddie Commons, of course, has now uh, grown much larger. We were at the south end of it uh, a couple weeks ago at the Credit Union One Grand Opening, but we're across from Five Guys. Our tent's set up in the west entrance to the Eddie Street Commons parking garage. So come on out. We know there's a lot of people out here because we see them walking all over the place. Seeing a lot of orange, too. That's right. That's right. Let's get some more green out here, huh? (laughs) Let's get <laughs> caught up with one of the show's favorite guests, and always we get always I always get people talking about having him on the show. But he's in town. We're going to find out what for. The original, the one, the only, Rudy. Good afternoon. <laughs> There's a lot of Rudy's here. No, no, no. <laughs> get out of here. Not out here. You know, maybe go to Clemson or wherever yeah. their city is, but not not in South Bend or anywhere around here. Hey, man, what, what are you in town for? And thank you for taking the no, time to I'm get over here. I'm happy to be here, and I'm here for a book signing. Mm-hmm. Then watch the game and go from there. So how often are you back in? Once a game? year. Once a year? All right. And you, I'm sure that you've got people, you've got to do all sorts of stuff going on, I bet. Yeah, we have a speaking engagements and autograph signings. And my partner here, the cheese man, 
We have a cheese company in uh, Green Bay, Wisconsin, believe it or not. Really? I mean, yeah. if you're going to have a cheese company. We do. I mean, We're very excited about it. Oh, my God. I am, you know? I am a cheese and cracker yeah, guy myself yeah. all the time. <laughs> so where where is that at? Is that Green a, Bay. A, a, no, online. I mean, can you order stuff online or anything or not? Yeah, it, well, we do a lot of buying, selling, and developing. Okay. So gotcha. that's okay. the difference. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I am. I'm the king of the cheese, man. I, I love yeah. cheese. <laughs> so, Rudy, let's first talk about, because do you watch the games? I do, and uh, they're encouraging at times and uh, interesting at times. <laughs> I don't, un- times I don't understand good. why we can't be better at home. That's Yeah, isn't that? I that's un- I don't yeah. get it. I know. It's where does it counterintuitive. Go? Do they leave, or where are they at? Right. <laughs> well, I know a couple of bouncers and stuff that work at yeah. bars around town. They don't see the players, so they're not at the bars anymore. Right, like right, that stuff right. Too. How are you as a fan watching a game? Do you have to watch it critically from, like, where your position was, or are you able I, to watch the I'm whole game? I'm not a critical guy. I'm, I'm a moment guy uh, because we all make mistakes. We all miss <laughs> uh, certain moments, and, and when good moments happen, I'm happy. Bad moments happen, we can get better. I always look at that because, hey, listen – you have another shot of getting it, and that's how I look at it. So I'm not a critical guy. I'm not one of those guys that, why didn't he do that? And I look at, he'll be better, and hopefully he gets better. So take us a little bit. I know we've talked before, and I don't want to keep beating no that sto- story to, to death yeah. or anything. Short version of uh, coming out of the Chicago area and, and into South Bend, and then I, I want to get into more of what you're doing nowadays. And sure. Stuff, but let's just go that No, I think the short version is blue-collar. Worked in a coal plant. Uh, ended up uh, going in the Navy, coming back from the Navy. Can I stop you real there? Sure. Was that in the in the movie? Because I don't no, remember we, that. No, no, we yeah, took I was that. Prep, no, I was prepping, and I no, saw that, and I thought, what not? No, no, yeah. we took it out of the movie because it wasn't important. Gotcha. It's not a documentary. Uh, right. It's more the spirit of the truth for the movie. So what we want to do with the movie, deliver a message of dreams, mm-hmm. and, and you got to have a real purpose for the dream you got to do it something not just for you but for someone else like your family your father your brothers and that's what makes it go so we want to develop that line of thought and it worked and it still works today in a big way not only at Notre Dame but across this country even international we're big so I'm really a proud that we did that we developed a great message and people it's not a football movie not a Catholicism movie not a Notre Dame it's a movie about life and that's what we're excited about I think that's why it resonates yes. for so yeah. long oh, it, absolutely it does, does. We're, um, were you on the set every day yeah well I put the movie together okay. put the team right. together because if you're going to do a movie you don't walk into Hollywood and say hey make my movie right. and they don't knock on your door and say make my movie so you had to do a lot of research and development how movies are put together so there's a team there's a team of people you have to find out what they do how they do it go out and talk to them and put it together and find out people that put movies together like you want mm-hmm. like like Rocky or like Hoosiers right. like Field of Dreams and I found a guy from Hoosiers from here right at the Jameson Inn whose brother help put Hoosiers together. Oh, wow. I ended up meeting him, and he ended up introducing me to the writer, and the writer turned me down And <laughs> at first, but you go back at it again yeah. and again two years later. Uh, there's a, this is funny, a guy from Michigan State. Uh-oh. The president of Columbia <laughs> Pictures. Wow. Wants a sports movie, and he calls up the guy <laughs> who was working at Orion Pictures with the guys who did Hoosiers, gave him a two-pitcher deal, was a sports movie and a comic relief movie and the, thank God I went to Hollywood Santa Monica that day 
from the advice of my friend here from South Bend, Donnie Strategus, mm -hmm. met Johnny Strategus, went out there to meet Angela. Angela stands me up. So I go find a mailman to get me to Angela's house Be because I knocked on his door because of all the that resonated with the guy when he called in the guys who did Hoosiers that little moment resonated. Yeah, mm -hmm. we do have a story about this kid who wanted to do a movie for his father, wanted to go to Notre Dame for his father, and he's an underdog. He said, write it. Can't wait to see it. I applied to Notre Dame. I got turned down. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he said, write that movie. So, Plus, he was a walk-on at Michigan State. So it all worked. We get you everything done. Yeah. Notre Dame really didn't, at first, did not really want this movie to go, but we ended up inspiring them to do it, mm -hmm. and they ended up doing it, which was wonderful, and it turned out great. This is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're with Rudy. Sorry, I just have to do that. I've always done that. Uh, were you involved in the casting? Did you yes. pick out Neil, yeah. Ned, Ned well, and Sean? Well, no. Sean Aston, I found. Uh, he was in a movie, Goonies, many yes. years ago. Yes, oh, yeah. Then he was in a movie, Memphis Bell. When we were casting yeah, for the movie, right. my dad was a torque gunner on a B-17. So we're okay. Sean. So wow. that resonated. Yeah. And he started playing like fan off football with his I said that's him he had a one of those spirits about him mm -hmm. uh, a naive gullible uh, uh, vulnerable all the characteristics you're that's him so we uh, decided on him we ca I casted Jason Miller uh, got him involved he played era mm -hmm. and uh, hey I got two good cast out of it. You, you did. Right. You did a great job. And John Favreau and Vince Vaughn, we got out of Second City out of Chicago. Yeah. And their first movie was Rudy, and they met a producer on our set by the name of Kerry Woods who helped them get Swingers made mm -hmm. and done, and the rest is history for those guys. What about the football scenes where they were actually we doing shot, tackling and stuff? Yeah, we shot. We brought the NFL films in to film it mm -hmm. because Oliver Wood, wonderful cinematographer, mm -hmm. he just couldn't get comfortable with shooting. So we asked him with the NFL films, would you have any problems? And by the way, when you ask a cinematographer to shoot a movie, yeah. it, it's a hard But he, mm -hmm. was, we're a team, he was a team player. He says, yes, we called Steve Saban up. And he had his crew here the next day, and that's how we shot football. Wow. So take us to that opening at the Palais Royale in South Bend. Yeah, that, the Palais. <laughs> 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 well, I'll, there, there. That, that's what uh, my parents and my grandparents used to go there when, and dance and stuff many, Is many that years right? back. So wow. that's how I know the place downtown. Oh, wow. That's unbelievable. And I'm, I'm born and raised in South Bend, so yeah, I went there, Yeah, that's a great too. moment. Uh, we had over 10,000 people. Yes. It was wonderful. Uh, the, the other thing, we took Corby's, oh, the old. The original old biker's one. bar. Yeah. We turned it into Corby's, <laughs> and that became a hot spot. So, <laughs> and we shot 90% of the movie right here in South Bend, mm -hmm. in the little neighborhoods and all that. So, we were very, South Bend, we, we were excited about shooting here, mm -hmm. and we did it in 30 days. That's all? Yeah, that's wow. it. Wow. But the post production is what takes time. Yeah. 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 yeah put, yeah, move, moving the all music, the music, Jerry and Goldsmith, yeah. wonderful. Yeah. And wow. then, then did you have any uh, a part of the marketing of the movie then? Well, it takes care of itself. Okay. Uh, Notre Dame got on board and started promoting it, but it went outside of Notre Dame real quick, mm -hmm. and, and internationally it got strong, and uh, it really got strong. It's amazing how movies take a life of its own. Mm -hmm. You don't know. 
until you put it out yeah. there. And when it took off, it took off. Uh, box office wasn't that big, but it took off. Streaming, video, domestic, and you know, foreign films. I mean, we were very excited. And the film actually uh, inspired a lot of other great athletes, like a Kobe Bryant, mm -hmm. who saw the movie when he was 16 years old, inspired him to work hard, have a good work ethic, and get better each day. And he compliments that to the movie. When he was interviewed at USC, so the film, Rudy, was very important for me. So you think about why you made the film. It was for guys who needed it right. and for people who needed hope. Mm -hmm. And that's why we made it. For my life, the Hoosiers and Rudy are my two times. Oh, yeah. Made here all about Indiana stories, too. Rocky, yeah. too, man. That's yeah. Yeah. Oh, man, yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. Rocky. Yeah, that's yeah. the one that really got me going. <laughs> yeah. When I saw Rocky. But there was a guy from the Chicago Tribune after the football game came up to me, Bill Glee. I'll never forget this. Said, Who are you? <laughs> everyone's chant. It's a student body chant. Yeah. I won the bingo bounce, and they remembered that. Uh -huh. So whatever starts in the student body kind of resonates through the stadium. He says, I never saw anything like this. People <laughs> chant the guy's name. They don't even know. I said, well, they know me. But the other people don't know you. They don't even know who you are. I said, I know. He said, this only happens in Hollywood. Bingo. <laughs> that was a C. <laughs> so you were in the bingo bouts, too. I won the bingo bouts. That's a big, that's a big deal. Yeah, for, yeah, yeah. Nappy was our coach at the time. And, uh -huh. and yeah, I won the bingo bout. Runner-up my junior, senior, won it. Wow, wow. Yeah. Do they even do that anymore? Yeah, yeah, do they, they do. You just yeah. don't hear as much about it around here anyway. They stream and they have the girls boxing now too. Yeah. Is, oh, jeez. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm behind the times. Good. Yeah, the times. me too. <laughs> hey, uh, so uh, as inspirational as that m movie was, then you became a motivational uh, speaker. A storyteller. Okay. There is a big difference between a motivational speaker <laughs> and a storyteller. Got motivational it. speakers will give you the... A B C D. You need to tell Wikipedia. Uh, yeah. Don't put. I, don't put a bunch of half of that stuff's not even true on Wikipedia. <laughs> I don't know who writes it up. They got my birthday wrong. A lot of things wrong. But the point is, storytelling connects with people. Right. And that's what we do. We tell a good story that inspires them with good messages. Tim Grau, Jim Irizarry, we're on Sports Radio 960 WSBT with Rudy. So your travels took you to the White House. Tell me about yeah, that. Yeah, I met four presidents at dinner at the White House, showed the movie in the White House. Uh, it was a wonderful moment. You met a president, a lot of great people. First guy I met was John Glenn and his oh, wife. Oh, wow. And wow. he brings me in to meet the president, and he has 59 of his friends there. And then we go show the movie. Fifth. Which president would that be at that time? Uh, 1993. 90. Let me see. Clinton. That was Clinton. I, Clinton. I, I said 1993. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're a good presidential guy. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. We're not just some dumb. No. I mean, we, <laughs> we, we've read. <laughs> we've seen. We've read. Sometimes the headsets are on too tight on our big heads yeah. and everything like that too. Uh, you know the best ones. I, I was with uh, Little George and Big George. They were cool. Okay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I spoke with Obama at a uh, legions because I'm a veteran and legionnaires deal so yeah so, so you got to be around some great people. Right. So you've been doing this for a long time. What is what has years. changed about being a speaker? From when you started to nowadays? Knowing how to connect okay. to people, to the audience, have a sense of humor with the audience, make them respond to you. Uh, that's the key, knowing how to connect to the audience. Is that tougher these days? It, it, it takes a little skill to learn, but you learn it and you just be yourself and read energy. That's the key, reading the energy of the people, knowing where to go with a story. Do you do a lot of corporation? A lot of corporations. Uh, 
in universities as well, and we do a lot of signings. Oh, do you? Yeah, okay. I just came off uh, in Washington, D.C. I'm Tyson, uh, Jerry, I mean, look at Larry Holmes, his wife comes up, said, Larry, there's Rudy. He said, he owes me 40 bucks. He, she <laughs> says, no, Larry, that's Rudy, the movie we watched. He says, no shit, that's Rudy. <laughs> Oh, That's geez. the response you get. Yeah. Mm. Then Mike Tyson comes up to you and wants me to take a picture with his daughter because uh -huh. they watched the movie. Mm -hmm. Great. And his son goes to USC. Oh, he's a wonderful, very talented young man. Mm -hmm. He belongs at Juilliard. That's how talented wow. he is. Wow. So you meet some interesting people, and you meet people who want to meet you, like Michael Vick wanted to meet you, Mariano Rivera wants to meet you, because they all had to struggle. Mm -hmm. They all had to get through their moments. That's what they identify with. So do you, do you see when you're talking to different sports figures, there's any one sports? I can't think of the word right now. New York Yankees. Okay. They brought me to Thank Yankee you. Stadium, all right? And here you are, your dream when you were a kid. <laughs> sure. Yankee Stadium. Here yeah. you are. Oh, yeah. With the best of the best in the locker room with Joe Girardi. And you're here with all these, and they all want to meet you, right? Mm -hmm. And then fourth inning, they bring you first base. Man. Is that cool? Jeez, every oh, every wow. three innings they change the bases. Yeah, think about that. Man, then you're then you go in the back and you start doing interviews, and you're with the best of the best. That blew me away in wow. Yankee Stadium. Wow. Yeah, that's just an iconic. Yeah. So when you were growing up, obviously you wanted to go to Notre Dame. When you were at Notre Dame, any favorite rivalries? USC, Michigan. Well, USC was always a big one. Mm -hmm. Michigan, not really, but USC was the big one. Yeah, we probably didn't play Michigan no. then, did we? USC was big. Yeah. Do you do you like what's going on with college ball now? No. With the trans no. Uh, uh, <laughs> let's do one at a time. Nil. Nil. <laughs> no. No. And no. What What's your comments about nil? Well, first of all, how would you walk in a locker room when you make an X amount of dollars and your other kids aren't? How is that going to react? You know. And what kind of attitude are they going to have at that age, making all that money? I mean, it's a little, a little stressful, I would say, later on. Yeah. Uh, it, it's going to be a train wreck down the road, even though it looks good now. But wait to that train wreck. It's not going to be pretty. And, and, and there's no, no loyalty. With no one, yeah. coaches, players. I don't like the coach, so I'm leaving. That's exactly. Yeah. I you hate know, that. It's right. over. Right. So there's no real tradition anymore. What's happening to that? Yeah. yeah. I can't, I, so I, yeah, that's a train wreck I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah transfer portals. Yeah. Oh it's yeah. Terrible. Hey, you know, what if Joe Montana would have transferred? Well, I was just. And he had every yeah. right to transfer. Right. But he didn't, did that's he? That's right. And he stuck it out, and he got his shot. Mm -hmm. Hey, four Super Bowls, national championship. Didn't yep. the coach and him didn't get along? It doesn't matter. He's still prepared for his moment, right? Yeah. Just we, like I did. We've had a, we've had a number of players this year tell us that you know that yeah. oh you know I went home to, crying to my mom I wanted to leave. No, yeah. you're staying you're in Notre staying, Dame. Yeah. But nowadays, if a coach oh, looks cross-eyed at somebody, you're going. They're out you're here. You're leaving. Yeah, yeah. Can you believe that? It's That's great. not the it's way to raise your kids exactly. either. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Like, I'm not a parent or anything. But My I'm just daughter like went to the Boston Conservatory. She's from Ve We live in Vegas, and it got cold. She wanted to come home. No, you're not. <laughs> it got cold. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to work through this, honey. Right. And she did, and she's glad she did it. Yeah. So tell everybody, our listeners, how they can get a hold of you to find out maybe where you're going to be. And yeah. you're, gonna, you're going well, back there for the bookstore right now. Yeah, yeah. For, for I'm going to go to the bookstore for a signing. You can go to... Uh, RudyInternational.com, and and also you can go to our documentary, Rudy Rudiger the Walk-On, on Amazon, 
and also on Broadway. We get our Broadway show, Dream Big on Broadway, Rudy Rudiger. Oh, 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 stop that. I, don't, I hadn't heard about that. You got a mu oh, the musical Rudy? Oh, it's awesome. A musical. Yeah, coach. <laughs> we have also, hey, Rudy in concert. You haven't heard oh, of it? No, oh, man. that's even bigger. Oh, we got to get that. <laughs> we get an 80 piece orchestra. <laughs> Listen. The pyrotechnics is amazing. Yeah, 80 piece orchestra <laughs> with a choir, and we score the movie as people watch the movie. Okay. It's we sell out every yeah. time. You got everything, yeah, Rudy. Rudy, and you travel all over the country. Do, is there a sandwich named Rudy? You somewhere? No, there's a hamburger <laughs> named Rudy. Hamburger. Well, <laughs> there we go. At a restaurant called Walk On. <laughs> oh. Where's that at? In Louisiana, Texas. Oh. You're everywhere, man. We're gonna have a cheese, right? That's right. We're gonna have a cheese. Yeah, that that restaurant better be putting your cheese on their burgers <laughs> over there. <laughs> stuff too. All right. Well, everybody, All right. if you're out and about, get over to the bookstore today and then uh, go give me the website again for everybody. Rudy Rudiger. Uh, it's RudyInternational.com or R45.com. All right. Thank you for taking Thank the you time. Guys. We're going to get you a golf cart here. and We got it right there. there. Our man's right there. Oh, he's, out. Yeah, he's a man. They put a cover on there he for you. He's the man. All right, guys. That's thanks. a limousine. Yeah. <laughs> thanks, son. Nice meeting you. Hey, Rudy. Thank you very much. Thanks, Rudy. We'll be right back talking Notre Dame football on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming at WSBTradio.com or through the WSBT radio app. <laughs> I just have so much fun picking music out. <laughs> and I had, I gave Matt three different songs, rainy songs for today. So I mostly stay in the 70s and 80s, but I had to bring one out of the fairly new. So Rihanna singing the um, uh, uh, umbrella, umbrella, umbrella. Get a, getting a lot of mileage out of the rain today. That's there we like are. I say that. We are. Hey, what do you got for us, Jim? Uh, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Centier Bank, Indiana's largest private family-owned bank. South Bend Orthopedics, team physicians for the University of Notre Dame since 1949. Food Bank of Northern Indiana, Hunger is a Story We Can End. Learn more at feedindiana.org. And Sherwood Tire, your one-stop for complete auto care at the corner of US 30 and Oak Road in Plymouth. we got a few minutes here before we close out the second hour and stuff. Let's talk about sports movies while they're, they're on that. Cause, mm -hmm. um, I'm more of a Rocky Three with Mr. T than, than Rocky Two, but at least in Rocky Two. He won it outright. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I mean, let's see. I'm good on Rocky, the first Rocky movie, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's right. an amazing Right, they brought movie. it to us. Every uh, two, three's good. Four kind of starts falling off, <laughs> start going down, off right? the tracks a little bit. Uh, I did like one of them that they did just about 10 years ago when he was a fighter and went to Vegas. The, uh, I thought that wasn't, wasn't bad. The, Rocky uh, Balboa, I think it was called. Yeah, the, the, re the reboot of uh of the rocky series or you know like the uh, the modernization of it you know with with creed and whatnot yeah. with creed's son uh i've i've really enjoyed that too yeah. i think it's been really well done it is i think and there's one more getting ready to come out actually uh, yeah uh, too and stuff but do you remember you remember watching rudy when it came out i mean your first time i'm a little older than you but uh maybe not when it first came the first time i saw it it was on it was on video Okay. So uh, we had. Uh, <laughs> I was actually in marching band. At, uh, at, you had at, to learn it to play it. Uh, <laughs> no, didn't have to learn it to play it. I, I I did okay as far as playing went, but uh, you know, like just one of those movies, you know that, you know where it was, you know, the the theme just you know carried through everything. Right. So. Well, I. I'm trying to think how old some of my kids were. I got. Yeah, I think I watched it w with them or whatever. I spent a lot of time at Notre Dame over the years. Oh, sure. Walking around the lakes and doing everything and 
Yeah, that thing, you're just like you're going by. I still think of it when I go by. The one bench even over there has a, a marker on it or a plate on it about that's where he opened his letter that he finally got accepted. Yeah, that's where, that's, uh, that's that like, uh, like I've gone around too, you know, just with uh -huh. everything that's in the movie, you know, and, and uh, ev like even all those years ago, you know, when right. I first saw it, it was like, oh, that's that. Okay. Yeah. You know. We actually had Sean Astin on the yeah. show mm -hmm. at Ivy Court probably, I don't know, 15 years ago or whatever, my daughter's got autographs and everything. He drew one of the biggest crowds oh, sure. we ever had. It sure. I record, it was, we had to move inside because it was like 29 degrees outside or whatever, and it was just it was just packed packed yeah. inside. Hey, I got this, and it's about a year or two old, I think, but it's the top 25 players all time for Notre Dame. And yeah. I haven't done this before, but I'm going to look at this and tell you the names, and I'm going to check off how many that I know have been on game day over the years. Okay. First of all, we got and. and Angelo Bartelli on over uh, at the Ramada Inn years ago, and then yeah. at uh, Ivy Court. Ross Browner numerous times. Johnny Latner was on the show, met him. Tim Brown, been on the show a couple times. He's about due to come back. Man, we haven't had him for quite a while. Paul Horney, Paul Horney, oh, my God. Mm. Uh, I could tell you a story about that with him and my daughter talking to him, not knowing who it was, and he spent a half hour with her at breakfast. He had no idea. <laughs> George Connor. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he was, he's been on the show back at the Ramada Inn. Luther Bradley's been on numerous times. Hopefully he's going to be on yet one of the this year. Uh, Jim Lynch, number 12 ranked, uh, was not on. Alan Page was on about two years ago. Justice Alan Page. Uh, Frank Caradero, I don't, don't remember him. Creighton Miller, I absolutely remember him. Uh, Jalen Smith, I need to find a connection for him because I've always wanted to get him on. He has been a little busy. He's playing with the Giants now. Yeah, so, I know, uh, and, and doing a great job there. Yeah. Um, Rocket. Been on the show. Tom Clements, quarterback coach up in mm -hmm. Green Bay right now, so yeah, he's always still he's a little busy. Can't get him. <laughs> Chris Zorch, of course, was just on a couple weeks ago. Aaron Taylor was on, I think, our first show of this year. It was on last year. Nick Bonacani was not. Ken McAfee was not. Uh, Bill Moose Fisher was. And Todd Light, was he on game day? No, I don't think Todd was, was ever on. And Lewis Red Salmon was not on. So man, one. You've done okay. Sorry, I did the wrong way. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Ha almost half of the top twenty-five players in Notre Dame have been on this show over over the years and stuff too. This so. uh, little bit of name dropping brought to you by. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it when the when our guests and we'll see uh, just after three o'clock here what our next guy see what kind of name dropper he does and everything. But right now we're gonna go back and. Uh, and hit the sponsors that make this possible. We'll be right back on Sports Radio 960 WS. There's another rainy song for you. Ah, okay. What, what's it? What's it? Oh, I can't think of her name now all of a sudden. Annie like, Lennox. Annie Lennox and the group was? Uh, the Rhythmics, right? Yeah. I, I had it there, but I just couldn't, uh, couldn't get it out. The rain has stopped, and do I dare say it actually seems a little brighter out here too right now. They're telling me Don't not to jinx. jinx it. Oh my goodness gracious! <laughs> we got super sisters people all over the place today. Anyway, we're down here at Eddie Street <laughs> Commons and Kite Realty Group. We appreciate them having us out here this season. It is so nice to get back outside after spending two seasons inside due to COVID, but they're great. They've got a fantastic set of stores here. You name it, you can find it. 
I always tell people, I always feel that I'm born and raised in South Bend when I come down Eddy Street Commons, it's like coming into a whole new city and stuff. We're across from five guys. Our tent has stayed in place. Jim hasn't flown out anywhere too. Uh, I, I don't think that's going to be a problem. I don't think that's that'll be an issue. No. I actually feel like the wind died down a little bit. Shut oh, up. there we go again. Shut oh, okay. Up. Okay. <laughs> All right. Hey, we'll be right back after a short break for the second hour of the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. Joining us will be former running back from the early 1970s. That would be Bill Gallagher and former Notre Dame defensive back and then went on to be offensive coordinator for the Fighting Irish, Mike Haywood. You know, I was going to give a brother report in the second hour. I'm not even going to do that because you guys will shush me up anyway. And we'll have an outlook on today's game for, from some of the fans. And stay right where you are on the home for fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Welcome back to the second hour of the Legacy Heating and Air Game Day show. I'm... Tim Grau along with Jim Arasari. Matt Embry is producing back in the WSBT studios. We're so glad you're taking the time of your little time of your day to listen. We're still out here at Eddy Street Commons across from five guys. The rain has quit. I didn't jinx us. I did say it was wind was calming down. I did jinx us for that one. But now, now all we got to do is, uh, you know, just convince people to stand next to the tent and then the wind kind of kicks up a little bit and it just right. spritzes them. Yeah. So that's okay. Account executive Brian Miller Any, is anybody. holding the tent up for us <laughs> and stuff, too. Hey, we're only four hours away from kickoff right here on WSBT. Stay right with us because immediately following game day at 4 p.m. will be the game day sports brief powered by Michelob Ultra. And that leads into the network pregame show, then kickoff just after 7.30 p.m. And your coverage is not over when the game ends. After the game, join our own Jim Arizari and Reggie Brooks. For a review of the game, plus all the stats and the interviews on the <laughs> official Notre Dame post-game show, all here on WSBT Sports Radio 960, also WSBT Radio Sports app, and streaming at WSBTRadio.com. Our next guest, he's already filling me with all sorts of stories and stuff, and we're going to have him tell a bunch of those. And one of them because I was asking him, the, my research said he had two different positions, and there's quite a story behind that. We're going to have to build to that because we're going to start at the beginning and move up to that. But former <laughs> defensive back, running back, and former offensive coordinator under Charlie Weiss, that would be Mike Haywood. Mike, thanks for stopping in today. Hey, thank you, guys. I appreciate the opportunity. So you came from Houston, and Jim and I always love to hear when people come from warm climates. Why up here, or why Notre Dame versus the other other schools that were recruiting you? Well, it was really interesting because uh, I had told Coach Bullock that I wasn't coming. Coach? Coach Bullock, Brian Bullock. Bullock. There you go, okay. And I told Coach Brian Bullock that I wasn't coming and that I was either going to stay in the state of Texas and go to Houston or go to Texas. And uh, my father and my mother told me, no, you're going to Notre Dame. <laughs> 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 and that pretty much settled that, that argument. Was, really. that, was, that, was, that was it. So Coach Bullock, he came actually came down. And, and what would you? What position were you playing in high school? I was playing safety, uh, corner, and wide receiver in high school. Man, you got that all, that team all covered, didn't you? Yeah. So it was. You know, we were pretty good. We ended up winning state that year, my senior year. So mm -hmm. it was a lot of fun. Did you take a trip up to Notre Dame? I took a trip up to Notre Dame February fifth of nineteen eighty two. 
And what was the weather like on that day? Uh, There's about five feet of snow on the ground. <laughs> and uh, I remember walking with Joe Howard Johnson, and he said, the hawk is out. I said, where is the hawk? <laughs> <laughs> so that didn't, uh, you didn't call back and say, Mom and Dad, I know you want me to go here, but, uh, you know, the weather is just, have you ever been up here, Mom, Dad? That's my favorite term for the weather, too, yeah, the I know. hawk. I like I love it. that. Uh, but, no. I didn't. I didn't call back and tell him, but I did go home after my first week here in camp. Okay. Wow. And I went home and stayed home for two weeks because I was homesick. I had never really been away from home, and I went back home and I stayed there for two weeks. And I came back, and uh, when I came back, I was running scout team for about two weeks, and then we used to have those JV games. Right. Mm -hmm. They did. Back and then, yeah. we went over to Purdue to play a JV game. And three or four coaches came up at halftime of the game, and we're just sitting there in the locker room. And Coach Boot comes over and said, you don't have any catches. I said, no, sir. He said, are you open? I said, yes, sir. He said, well, why don't you have any catches? I said, he's throwing it to his friend. <laughs> <laughs> he, said, he said, what? I said, yeah, he's throwing it to his friend. It's his roommate. He's throwing oh. it to his roommate. He says, well, all right, we're going to see if you're open because the first two passes are coming to you. Mm -hmm. 80-yard touchdown, 80-yard touchdown. He took me out and said, you're done. So and you were a receiver for that for yeah. the junior varsity team. And then I went up to varsity the next okay. week, and then I started the last six games of the year. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, as, as what? what as position? a wide receiver. Wide receiver then. All right, so yeah. let's go. The career goes on to the next few years. Walk me through those dynamics that you were telling me about. The next few years, uh, I was playing wide receiver, and I really didn't like wide receiver. But we were playing with a lot of good guys. And at the end of the season, I asked Coach Fouts, I said, Coach, I said, at heart, I'm really a DP. I said, can I try out for DP? And he said, well, I tell you what. You put on 15 pounds. You put on 35 to 40 pounds in your bench. You put on 35 to 40 pounds. Gave me all these stipulations. Mm -hmm. So I didn't go home. I went to uh, Virginia. And I was in Virginia, and I worked for a law firm called Piper and, Mary, Piper and Marbury Lawberry on 880 16th Street. And I worked out with Alan Pinkett four days a week. Wow. And I put on about 20 pounds because I was only 155 pounds. So wow. I, went, I went, up to one, yeah. went, up, went up to 175. I went up to bench to 350 in my bench. I was at 550 in my squat. And he says, all right, we'll see. We'll try you a DB. And I played in the first game, played in the second game versus Michigan State, and then started the rest of my career in corner. I think you told me you had a pretty fast time there, too, that you showed the coaches what you could do. Oh, when I was a freshman, uh, I came in as a DB, but I got moved to wide receiver really quick because I ran 4-4-1 in high-top tennis shoes untied. <laughs> and so I got moved from DB to wide out. Did they come flying off when you were running that? Or, no. Uh, wow, okay. I still don't tie them. <laughs> These shoes aren't tied that I have on today. <laughs> <laughs> this is the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT with, with former uh, Notre Dame player, since he played a lot of positions, and uh, eventually offensive coordinator Mike Haywood. So let's stay with your, your, your college years and stuff. So why was, I, why was Alan with you and went to Virginia? Well, Alan and I came in the same class in 1982. Okay. And when we had short breaks like Easter break and, you know, a four-day weekend, mm -hmm. we would jump in his little car. He had a little bit of yellow lemon. Uh, we would <laughs> jump, we would jump in. It only fit. It only would fit four 
And so we're jumping in, we squeeze <laughs> into that little lemon, and we go to Sterling Park, Virginia, and spend our, spend our time there. And the reason I decided to go there for the summer was because Allen, uh, pound for pound, was the strongest person on our football team. Mm-hmm. And so you wonder if anybody was going to help you bulk up, yeah. it's definitely going to be him. If anybody was going to help me, and uh, Mrs. Pinkett, and God bless her, because she passed away a little bit over a year ago, but uh, she would cook dinner for us every day. Uh, we had some uh, some friends up there, Walter Connolly, who's passed away. He was a lawyer there. Uh, he would have us over for dinner two, three days a week where he was cooking steak every night to put weight on it. <laughs> so, you know, it, was a, it was a really good experience and uh, a, life, a lifelong experience with lifelong friends. Seems like every Notre Dame player has got a, you know, a rivalry that means more to them than maybe it does to somebody else, but USC is always a big rivalry. Who else for you? USC and LSU. Uh, LSU. LSU was big robberies. Down in the, what they call that back then? Down, yeah. down in the bayou in the pit or something down like that? Down in the bayou. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to coach at LSU for eight years. Mm-hmm. And we went to LSU, I think it was 1984. I think it was. It was 84. 80, yeah, I think it was 84 we went to LSU. They were number five in the country. Dalton Hill was at tailback, Craig James, and those guys. And uh, we ended up winning the game. Uh and the reason that we won the game, and I'll tell you how important coaching is and how being able to make midstream adjustments, they came out and ran no huddle in the beginning of the game. We had guys in the locker room that were just done. Gassed, <laughs> yeah. They were done yeah. because it was so hot. It was 98, 99 yeah. degrees. Yeah. The humidity, humidity, yeah. Because we're only one mile from the Mississippi River. Right. <laughs> right. Guys were done. <laughs> guys in the south were like, what's going on? Because hey, we're just getting started. Yeah. Yeah. This, is yeah. what we, this is what we practiced in all summer. Work right. out yeah. in all summer, but guys were done. And LSU came back out and went to a huddle. <laughs> and when they went to a huddle, it gave us time on defense to gather ourselves just to, to get catch our your breath, breath back. Yeah, yeah. And all of a sudden, we are flying around that field, making <laughs> plays. And the next thing you know, we're victorious, and we're flying back to South Bend with a victory. You've been a coach, obviously, for, for a long, at other colleges too, and yeah. at Notre Dame. That happens often. Teams do something, and then they just get they go away from it. As a coach, why does that, why does that happen? It's so well, frustrating. You see it because coaches outthink themselves. And they're always trying to do something different than what somebody else mm-hmm. has done. And my philosophy is just keep doing what you're doing. You know, and I learned this from a high school coach who I ended up coaching with at LSU. He's a pastor by the name of Jerry Baldwin. He had a tailback that was the number one tailback in the country, and they were playing in the state championship. The reporter came down and asked him, well, we'll call him Johnny. He said, well, what are you going to do to get Johnny the ball? He said, I'm going to turn around and I'm going to hand it to him. He said, well, what are you going to do when they start? Because their game plan is going to stop yeah. the Johnny. I'm going to turn around and I'm going to toss it to him. He said, well, what else are you going to do different? He says, I'm going to throw a flare pass to him. I'm going to throw a check down to him. I'm going to throw the ball in the flat to him. And I'm going to keep doing what I've done to get here. And they're going to have to stop Johnny. Right. And I don't think they ain't going to stop Johnny. Yeah. <laughs> and so they went on to win the state championship. There you go. Wow. So just keep doing what you've always done. Does any particular game stand out other than from uh, that LSU? Well, you, you played I, service academies, correct, when you were there? Yeah, and I coached at West Point. Okay. Those teams never quit, no, no matter what the score. They don't ever quit. They have great heart. Uh, the quarterback, um, 
at Army, when we, when we played against them, uh, Jim Young was the head coach. Uh, Tory Crawford was the uh, running back, I mean, was the quarterback, and they were in the option. And Tory Crawford was from Westbury High School in Houston, Texas. So he's, I think he was about two years behind me. So he comes up to me before the game and he introduces himself. And he says, we have a lot of mutual friends. And he, play, he said, I played a little league football with a lot of your friends. And I said, yeah, they called me up and told me about you. I said, I really look forward to playing you. So I run back over to the huddle and Steve Lawrence says, what did that dude say? I said, oh, he's the starting quarterback and he came over to introduce himself, but he's going to have a bad day. <laughs> <laughs> so Corey always tells this story about how he was running the option and coming down the line running the option. He, he ducked in and I took the bait and then he goes to run outside and I punched him underneath his chin strap and knocked him down <laughs> and didn't get the 15 yard penalty. And every time we're out somewhere right. in yeah. Houston, Corey always tells that story to people. He said, hey man, this dude punched me in the jaw and didn't get 15 yards on it. Oh jeez. But when I went to West Point to interview for the job, uh -huh. Jim Young showed that tape. Really? And he said, can you get our DBs to play with the same intensity in which you played with at Notre Dame? Mm -hmm. And I said, yes, sir. And I got the job before I walked out the door. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So take, um, take us in that uh, transition. When did you know you want to be a coach? I didn't, but I got hurt. My uh, my senior year, my fifth year, actually, with Coach Oates. And Coach Oates used to do this visualization. You remember hearing about the visualization? Yes. Where you land underneath the table, mm -hmm. you visualize different things, you land down, let your arms sink into the cloud, the whole deal. And so we go into this visualization of the future. And he says, imagine that you're walking out of your house. You get into your car, you back up. You're taking off. Stop. Look over your shoulder and see what you're looking at. And I was looking at a house. He said, remember that house, and now let's proceed forward to work. Hmm. Now you're at work. What are you doing? I was standing behind a desk with a red T-shirt on, a whistle, whistle. around my neck, <laughs> and a pair of shorts. And I'm like, what is this? Yeah. And then I go out and I'm on a field. And then he brings us back to another stage where we start visualizing different plays in the game. And so afterwards, uh, we were talking and it was Rob Banks, Steve Lawrence, AJ, Alonzo Jefferson, myself. And we were talking about the different things in which we visualize and they said, what are you doing visualizing that? He said, you're going to the league. I said, I don't know. I got hurt in that game and never played another down. Wow. Wow. Yeah. It was an Alabama Jeez. game. Uh -huh. I got injured and never played again. And so. Visual, visualization was. It was accurate. Yeah. I mean, and it was just really interesting how we were walking into L, uh, Notre Dame versus Texas A&M at the Cotton Bowl. Mm -hmm. Bishop Harris, who had coached here, whose son had played here, he was coaching in Minnesota. He says, what are you, you going to do? I said, I'm going to go back to Notre Dame, I'm going to finish my master's, and then I'm going to go to law school. He says, well, 
I got something for you. I said, what's that? He said, I want you to come be a GA for me at Minnesota. I said, coach, I said, I don't know. I said, I think I need to go back and finish my master's and then go to law school. He says, no, you need to be a coach. Just come try it and see if you like it. So I talked it over with my mom and dad, and they were like, what's the year? Mm-hmm. Go try it and see. See what happens. I was there 11 months. I got called in by John Gutekus, whose son is, I think, the general manager of uh, Green Bay Packers now. Okay. So he, oh, called, yeah. he yeah. called me in, and he said, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay to next year, or are you going to go back and go to school in Notre Dame? And I said, uh, Coach, this is the best time that I've ever had working in my life. I've really enjoyed it. I said, however, I really don't know, and I haven't made a decision yet. He said, well, you have all the time in which you need, but I want you to understand something. Only about 10% of the people get to do what they like to do in life and have fun doing it. The rest of the 90% of the people are trying to find their way to find something that they like doing. Two days later, I get a call from West Point, Jim Young asked me to come interview to coach on his coaching staff and work with his DBs. And the rest was history. Timing is everything, huh? Yeah. Wow. So you end up, had a number of coaching stops, and then ended up at at Notre Dame. Did you see that when you started your coaching, that that was something you wanted to do? No, because I turned down uh, 1995. Lou Holtz called me up, and I was in Memphis Airport. And he had Miss Jane search me down, who was his administrative assistant. Yes. <laughs> so Miss Jane, I, I get <clears throat> summoned in the airport. And I'm like, who is calling me in the middle of the airport? So I go to the phone. I That's pick up the soothing phone. airport voice. Yeah. <laughs> and Mark Haywood, please pick up a courtesy phone. Right. What? <laughs> and it's Miss Jane. I said, Miss Jane, what are you doing searching me down in the airport? She says, Coach Host wants to talk to you. I said, all right. The year before, he had talked to me about a job, and then he hired somebody else. And I was like, hey, that's fine. That was 94. And so he says, uh, I want to call you up and offer you uh, the outside linebacker job at, uh, here at the University of Notre Dame. I said, Coach, I'm on my way to LSU, and I've already accepted the job. And the things in which you've told me about a job is that when you take a job, you need to stay two years, so I'm not going to be able to take this job. I said, but I appreciate the offer, and thank you very much. And he appreciated that, right? Yeah, okay. he was good with that. Then in 1997, Bob Davey called, and uh, he offered me the running back job in 1997. And then I was the running back coach, special team coordinator at LSU, and close to home. So I said, Coach, I appreciate it. I got a pass. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who else? Uh, I think it was 2000. No, 2004, I was at Texas, and then I got offered the DB job. But now, I was a run game coordinator at Texas, special team coordinator, and recruiting coordinator. Your plate's full there. Man. And then I got offered the running back job at Notre Dame. Mm-hmm. No, it was the DB job. I got offered the DB job at Notre Dame. And I said, Coach Willingham, I'm going to have to pass. Mm-hmm. I said, I said, I'm, uh, I'm having a good career on offense, and I'm sure going to stay on offense. Right. And uh, I thank you very much for the opportunity. Mm-hmm. Then the next year, Charlie Weiss called, 2005. I turned down Charlie two times. <laughs> He's persistent. And then he called back a third time, <laughs> and I just got off the phone with Kevin Falk, mm-hmm. who played for me at LSU mm-hmm. and played 13 years with New England Great. Patriots. Yeah. And Kevin was telling me, you need to go take the job. You should take the job. 
you can learn a lot more about the passing game under Charlie White. Mm -hmm. And so I was standing in the driveway of my parents' house, and I said, all right, coach. I said, I'll take the job. And so, and it was a great experience. I love C-Dub, you know. C-Dub has a different vernacular than may not be accepted here at Notre Dame. But, right, sure. <laughs> but I love C-Dub because he was real. Mm -hmm. You know, you might not like his delivery, but he was, he was really, he was really, to me, he was a really good person to me. You know, and I really appreciated and I, I liked working for him and I learned a lot working for him. And especially in protections and uh, throwing the ball. That's one thing I, I, that you kind of pick up as uh, as time goes on with those uh, with the Parcells tree, you know, mm -hmm. uh, because you know Charlie Weiss coached under Parcells right, for oh a yeah. little bit stretch too, and uh, like all those all those guys, you hear that especially, you know, mm -hmm. treated me well, you know, learned a lot, all that. Oh so yeah. 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 typically it's uh, you know, <laughs> God, what a tyrant, you know. So, but <laughs> <laughs> you know. C-Dub would walk by my office and certain vernacular would come out. And I just <laughs> and I just keep working. Sure. 30 minutes later, he'd come back by the office. Then he'd sit down. He said, two creams and four sugars just like you like it. <laughs> <laughs> and he'd sit there and talk for 30 minutes. And then I'd say, C-Dub, I got work to do. You don't have anything to do today. You're just walking around being a comedian. But I got work to do. <laughs> You know, and you know, I, I enjoy I enjoy him. I still enjoy him when I talk to him. I talk yeah. to him about twice a month. Do you really? Oh yeah. And you know, he is comical to me. Yeah. Certain people don't think it's comical, but yeah. How's I'm, he doing, by the way? He's doing well. A little Good. bored, but he's doing all right. Sure. He's doing uh, NFL radio. Okay. And all right. uh, doing some things on the radio, and he's always analyzing games and stuff. Tim Grouch in Arizona. We're with uh, Mike Haywood on. Legacy Heating Air Game Day show. Let's talk. Let's kind of move forward to where we're at uh, nowadays and stuff. Uh, well, let's first go. What's the toughest thing about being the offensive coordinator? Are we talking about? Depends on who you're working with. Well, okay. I just want to get your your, your background, and then I want you to kind of talk. Tommy Reese has been taking a lot of hits, and I think offensive coordinators take a lot of hits at all well, schools. Well. Let's say this. Um, where we made a mistake is that, and when I say we, and I'm going to say myself, well, I made a mistake is that what we did with BQ, mm -hmm. we thought Clawson could do the same thing. Mm -hmm. And he could not do the wrong same thing. Wrong assumption, right? Yeah. Well, totally wrong assumption. Yeah. Because when you sit there and analyze tape, mm -hmm. you're like, this is what works against them. This is what works against them. This is what works against them. All right. We put it into the certain formations that we're going to be plus one, have the advantage, or where we can attack him coverage-wise. And then we say, all right, throw it down. We run it. But here's a prime example. We're playing North Carolina. We lose to North Carolina. But we're going at halftime, and we're up. And we come back out, and I think we're inside the 20-yard line. And C-Dub says, hey, give me a quick pass. So I said, all right, let's go with a simple one. We're going to go with a slant to the field. We go with a hitch to the boundary. If it's a post safety, we throw the ball into the boundary. If it's split safety, we throw it to the field. I said, so he has a way out. No matter what he does, he has a way out. It's post safety. I mean, it's split safety. He throws it to the boundary to the hitch. It's picked off going into the end zone for a touchdown. Now, 
that was too complicated for him. And so when I look at games today, you know, we are doing things that attack the opponent, but they ain't necessarily sure what that kid behind that quarterback can do, or that quarterback can do. Right. It's not necessarily sure what Payne can do. Mm-hmm. And so when we run the football, it takes a whole lot of stress off the quarterback. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. if you can get the run game going, then come back with your play action, your three steps, your boots, your nakeds, getting the ball to the tight end, getting the ball to Thomas, all right, but pounding him with Diggins and uh, how do you pronounce it? Estimate. 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 Yeah. Estimate. Mm-hmm. All right. And basically, we're running some simple things. We're running quick hitting dives up in there. You find the hole, you hit the crease. All right. Really simple. <laughs> it's pretty simple. Create yeah. yeah. the hole, run through the hole. <laughs> right. And so, in those type, Estimate is that type of back. Mm-hmm. Then he can hit the hole. They can't take him down. He bounces off of a tackle. He hits the cream off tackle. Boom. He's off and running. He can kind of make his own hole, too. Right. right. That's so. for sure. Yeah. And yeah. so. You know, do the things that you're having success at. Don't necessarily do the things that works well against the opponent because the quarterback may not be able to handle what's working well against the opponent. And it comes from life lessons, mm-hmm. you know, because when I left here and went to Miami, I go into the defensive room, special team room, uh, office coordinator's room, and they say, well, we're going to do this, we're going to do this, we're going to do this. And I'm like, no, we're not. <laughs> I said, I've lived this life once before. I said, we're going to do what the kids can do and what we're going to have success at. And offensively, we will always start off by running the ball and being physical. And, you know, we had some success there doing those things. As we get ready to let you go, how are you when you're watching the game, whether in the stadium or by TV? Are you dissecting the offense, or can you really sit and enjoy the game? No, I don't sit and enjoy any game. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, so, and so a lot of times. Thank you, thank you for being so honestly blunt about it. I, mean, it's, I don't, I don't sit and enjoy it because I'm sitting up, and, like, I get phone calls during the week, and I get film sent to me, mm-hmm. and I said, all right, here's this right here. And so I sent some tape two weeks ago. I got some tape, and I wrote up about five or six plays, and I sent it to him. And we're watching it on television. And my son says, Dad, that's the play that you drew up. (laughs) (laughs) And so I said, yeah, I said, that's the play. He said, Dad, the back is wide open. I said, I told you the back was going to be wide open because they can't cover him in that defense. See, you still got it, man. No. <laughs> I enjoy sitting down, you know, and uh, we were talking today because, uh, you know, I told you how I gave the tickets away instead of going to the game today, and we're all going to Pinkett's house. And so we're going we're gonna to have a little function at Pinkett's house with a bunch of former Notre Dame players. Oh, wow. And uh, we were just sitting up there talking, and uh, Pinkett's like, are we going to run the football today? <laughs> I said, I know what. If we're not running the football, I'm going to turn it to the Astros game. Oh, there you go. <laughs> Good job. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Hey, Mike, it's been enjoyable. We really appreciate it. You Thank tell you. Alan hi up there, and uh, 
tell him he needs to ask all those other players that are up there, have you ever been on game day show? Because we want to get some of them down here too. All right, sounds good. Thank you very oh, much thank for the you. Yeah. you. Take right, care of yourself. Thanks, Thanks, Mike. Hey, we'll be back on Sports Radio 960 W. All right. I haven't been pressing it too much during the show, but we're going to be a hungry animal tonight. And we are going to upset Clemson. A rump. Take it and book it, Dano. This is, a, this is a legacy heat and air game day show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We are still down with the Wizard of Oz blowing winds right across from five hey, guys. Tell me about it. I'm still waiting for that bicycle with the witch to go by, but it hasn't. Or, or a cow flying by. In any case, we're back here. We we're got having cows. A, yes, and we're, we're having a great time. Show goes fast. Not too much left. We got a couple sponsors we want yep. to highlight. Uh, of course, Legacy Heating and Air Game Day brought to you by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Uh, Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, serving Michigan's most favorite pizza since 1978. Pet Refuge, urging you to adopt Don't Shop, where new beginnings have happy endings. And Tim Growl, State Farm Insurance, for amazingly great rates on auto, home, and life insurance. Call Tim at 574-232-9981. But he's a little busy now. Yeah, he is. Just a little bit right at the moment. Um, so our next guest uh, played for the Fighting Irish uh, running back position in the early 70s, and he went on to coaching with Pat Steenberg, uh, one of our favorites, comes on about every year with global football. So we're going to get some stories about playing overseas and stuff too. But my biggest question is, in 1971 for Bill Gallagher, you were zero for one in pass attempts. Do you remember <laughs> what happened there? <laughs> Beautiful tight spiral right to him, and, uh, and he just dropped it. I love it. I love it. I love it. So that was left-handed. That no. was kind of a um, for for error, who was kind of somewhat conservative. That was to have that play in there. Was that a Tom Pagna play called? Uh, I don't know who it was, but I mean, I know I threw it a couple times in practice. They they would have uh, Goulias or uh, uh -huh. uh, maybe Larry Parker or somebody throwing the ball when he goes to the right for right-hander, but they needed a left-hander to throw it. <laughs> over here so and you only practice it twice and then they call it the so what was that you like you have it? to practice it it was right there what, 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 so when that huddle was called you were just like all right that's the play that's going here we go i believe i actually went in with the play oh yeah. okay hey hey coach you know you want uh you want that pass play one of these downs you know <laughs> sure. oh. so you um back in those days we were talking ear earlier with uh Oh my goodness! The name for our first guest was talking about running backs and everything. Um, Bob Morton. Oh, Bob Morton. So you had back in that day what was called left hat back, right hat backs, and actually something that was called a fullback back in those days. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And you did you play distinctly one, or did Eric? Do you guys have to know all three positions, or not the fullback probably, but at least the left or the right hat back? No. Uh, it was basically half backs and fullbacks. Okay. Although I was fortunate enough to be put in the fullback line and practice a lot to block. Okay. Uh, because I knew that was going to help me because we do run, we ran some off tackle plays where you're kicking out the end and the back is. So I wanted to improve my blocking. So I went with the uh, with the big guys. So like a lot of these players nowadays, if you're talking to them, they go left halfback, right halfback. What is that? Right? Yeah, yeah. It was always a tailback or something now, you know. Well, and, and Bob Morton, that's who we were, that Jim was telling me, reminded me who was on. Um, he was talking about how teams, the I formation would be really good for Notre Dame right now. He'd like to see their two backs 
you know, Diggs and Estime both at I. Nobody runs the, unfortunately, anymore runs the I, I formation anymore, right? No, a lot of times what they'll do is that instead of leading with the fullback, they think that if if we flank the fullback out, that they'll take a linebacker out or move over with them at least to the tight end or something, and therefore you blocked you have blocked him by taking him out of the way. Gotcha. Um, a lot of former we've had a lot of former era players on, and they would always refer to how tough the practices were, that the games were like so much easier. Do you concur with that philosophy? No. 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 <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoyed practice. I yeah. didn't think it was hard. I mean, I mean, I, I worked hard. I thought, you know, I, I don't think it wasn't because I wasn't working hard, but I really enjoyed the, the game of football, and I enjoyed playing and practicing. And when you enjoy it more, the practice doesn't seem like work, you know. So how were you recruited to Notre Dame? Who would have been that one that came to your, your home? Oh, uh, <laughs> Coach Joe Yanto. Uh. Yeah. Uh, he came in and uh, sat down on the sofa. And what town were you in? Where, where? Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania's a great Notre Dame haven yeah. for players. Yeah. yeah. So Coach came in, sat down on the uh, on the sofa, and my mom is like she sees the blue and the gold and whatever. And her name stuff. Although she, my mom did the same thing. She happened to be there uh, when the West Point coach came also, and the cadet, you know, with all his stripes and stuff. Oh wow! Impressed yes. Impressed her too, but Coach Yanto impressed her also. So how was that decision made then, with your mom and dad to come to Notre Dame? Uh, I I think that in the beginning of my year, I thought I would go to Notre Dame hoping I would be able to play well enough to go to Notre Dame. And if I did play well enough, I figured I'd go to Notre Dame. But uh, Michigan was awful nice. But yeah, yeah, that was pretty good too. Uh, that, that, was a, that was a second choice. Uh, here's a story for you. So I'm in, in the in-state Philadelphia, in-state Pennsylvania, and um, I got Notre Dame and Michigan and Boston College and whatever, a couple other places, but I never heard a word from Penn State. The Nittany Lions weren't, in, weren't contacting you. In, in-house, in-house player. Right. And never heard a word. And then I found out there's two reasons. Franco Harris and Lydell Mitchell. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, right. They played together, didn't they? Franco, Lydell, Bill Gallagher, uh, one of them's out. Okay. So Tom Pagan, I know knew him uh, pretty well, and his daughter and I actually went to high school together and stuff. So what would uh, if you want to talk about Tom a little bit and, and uh, the type of coach, type of man he was? What would be the words you would be using for him? Uh, I, I would say he was demanding, but in a very uh, sensible way. Like he wasn't demanding. He wasn't a holler and a screamer. I mean, he would you know get his voice up whatever once in a while, you know. Right. But he wasn't like a. a, a pull your hair out type of coach he was he was a demanding coach that uh needed perfection from the, you know the backfield with the mesh points and all that stuff and uh but also in blocking so i can remember a lot of times that we'd be taken over to the defensive end and meet up with the defensive end <laughs> on the practice field and kick the defensive end out so the first time i was up i looked over and there's walt Matulski. oh my goodness <laughs> soon to be all american right yeah yep yep so, you know, we were, we were doing that blocking guys like him and Bobby Knightard on the other side, whatever. Uh, so the blocking was very important there, too. 
we didn't do so much isos. It was more like kicking out off tackle plays. Uh, but he was good with that and good with explaining the plays and the, you know, the, the steps, uh, the footwork that you would you would need to get to your maximum of the play. Uh, and uh, I remember him. He was just a really nice guy. I really enjoyed playing for him. Jim and Tim on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. We're with Bill Gallagher. So, Bill, you played with a lot, a lot of name players. Pop Frank Pomerico was on the show last uh, last week or yep, whatever. Yep. John Dampier was on the show, the, the first John, or second show. Yep. Uh, I golfed with John twice since uh, since we just touching base. You know. Tom Gatewood. So, you played with Tom Gatewood too. No, but I saw Tom. Uh, I guess it was a, an earlier game. Okay. Uh, it was a game last year. I guess I ran into Tom. So we all know about era coaching from the tower, and we've had more than one player tell us that they got called down from the tower. How about for you, from the voice of God, being era Parsegian? Sure, uh, at, at least once that I heard. <laughs> that you uh, heard? You know, other ones might have been. Uh, I, I had deaf ears on purpose or something. I don't know. I didn't need a power. It was hard enough trying to compete with all the talent that we had, you know, in the backfield particularly. Right. Uh, but yeah, I got I heard a couple of times say, hey, Gallagher, what the hell are you doing? You know, <laughs> blocked the wrong guy. And that was one of my fortes was blocking, you know, so. Hey, I'm, whatever it I, takes to get on the field, right? Exactly, exactly. <clears throat> so you developed <clears throat> quite a relationship with Pat Steenberg, one of the quarterback from Notre Dame. <clears throat> and Pat's president of uh, Global Football. And for those that, I'll let you tell people from Global Football. As this gust of wind comes flying up here again, sure. Bill, uh, tell people about global football because I, I know what it's about. You yeah. tell them. Well, uh, Patrick Steenberg, who was a quarterback uh, on the team, he's quarterback before uh, or right after Theismann. Uh, I forget how many years out, but at an early age, he started the. I'm trying trying to get the wording correct on this, but it was a Notre Dame uh, camp, football camp, fantasy, yeah, fantasy camp, camp, fantasy camp, right. right. And, and so he started that right away, uh, and that was uh, quite successful. It was, I think, Popular. he had it for for 26 years or something. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then the whole, one of the head coaches, new head coaches, came in and uh, said, "No, you're not doing this anymore." <laughs> but I'll, I'll leave him. Uh, so then uh, I met up with Patrick at a game, and he knew I was coaching back east. I was the head coach when I was 21 mm -hmm. and, a, and a head coach for uh, I don't know the total but that was a quite young age to be a head coach right exactly yeah exactly uh, so Patrick started from there he started an organization that he called global football and the reason he started global football was to, yeah, to uh, unite the children of the world through American football so what he does with that is and I'm the I'm a, his head coach for the main, main team is we'll take high school seniors from around the country and take them to foreign countries and play a team uh, experience the culture uh, tour you know uh, and then play show we, we would do a clinic for the the team and uh, and then we would play a game. So I mean, it's a great, it's a great thing. And what, this was unbelievable. Yeah, that that emblem on there is really, is really, it's a classy yeah. thing. So but, what countries did you get to go to? To, to uh, well, there's one, China. China. Do you believe that? 
No, I don't. I forgot about that. I mean, we're walking the freaking uh, the, the Great, Great Wall, Wall of China. Oh, my goodness. You know, one day. And you got these 18-year-olds that just have – I mean, you're, you're odd at your age as a coach. Can you imagine what those what those right. boys were thinking right. and stuff, too? exactly. So but did that, you go other places, too, with it? Well, we're all over Europe. Yep. All okay. over Europe. It's, it's a once-a-year uh, trip that we do that we take. So are you, you know, still coaching? Oh, yeah. Oh, great. Yep. yep. And uh, – like I said, it's high school senior, so I mean, if there's a high school senior out there listening to this and he has any interest in doing that, all he's got to do is go to globalfootball.com, and our trip this year is Ireland. He's going to go back to just before the Notre Dame plays Navy next year? Correct. Okay. Correct. And we did that once before, probably, I guess, when Notre Dame was, when's the last time Notre Dame was over there? Maybe it was twice before that. But, yeah, t- t- uh, 20, eight, 12 or 18, I'm not sure. Yeah, because they do they do about every four or five years or six years I think something like like yeah. that. Notre Dame. So was Navy. was China just this year? Pardon? Was China just? Oh this no, year? no no no. Well, China. what did you just what did you just complete in this past oh, year? Oh, we didn't. We had COVID. So oh, we, and then the, trip, the trip's in March. Okay. <clears throat> so this March coming up is is Ireland. Okay. No, yeah, it, it is. It's Ireland, mm-hmm. and uh, then with the uh, with the when the fall starts. Uh, uh, that's when Ireland. So we have two trips. I'm sorry. Do you really? We, well, we do a we do the high school senior one. Okay. And that's in March. All right. The end of March. Then and you're going down just be, in August, just before Notre Dame plays, aren't you? And then we go to Ireland. Yeah. yeah right okay. before then. That's gonna be that's gonna yeah. be uh, quite quite a scene. Yeah, I've been wanting to take uh, take the, the show on the road to there, but just haven't been able to get it work, worked out. I need sponsors to do that. <laughs> hey, before we let you yeah. go. You have a gener- multiple generations of Bill Gallagher's at Notre yeah, Dame. Yeah, it, it was great. I was trying to get uh, Bill Will the third to get it to get here at least anyway, but he was with all his boys. They had practice today too, lacrosse practice. But gotcha. anyway, my name is William Andrew Gallagher. My son's name, who my son played football and lacrosse in high school for me. Mm-hmm. Played football for me. Wow. Uh, he is William Andrew Gallagher Jr. and he came to Notre Dame. He was captain of the cross team. So now his son Will, who just had practice this morning, he's here, and he is William Andrew Gallagher the third. Wow. So, uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty proud of that. I you know, bet that, you that, are. Uh, that we got all three, and we got we got a picture with. I got I got one. You know, up and uh-huh. my son's got two, and then went that. Three Billy Gallagher's at, at Notre Dame. And didn't you have a daughter that attended? Uh, daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law, okay. Who married my son, Bill, uh-huh. the older one. She attended Notre Dame also. Yes, yep. Well, Notre Dame means a, little, uh, means a lot to your family. Yes, absolutely. Uh, I mean, I mean nowadays, you know, even more important than the legacies and things to pe- most, most uh, parents mm-hmm. is uh, safety. Right. They need some place that that they feel that you can send your kid, uh, and and he's going to have he or she's going to have a great experience. But it's also a very safe environment that they're at. Mm-hmm. And uh, these days, that's not easy to have. Really. No, it's not. People take it for granted too much, I think. But, yeah. Uh, so you'll be watching game. Do you go to the go to actually go to the games? Sure. Okay. And how many games do you come in for? Uh, this is the first year that we we're looking. We may only have this one. Okay. Uh, we u- usually look for three. All right. Got about a minute or two. Your thoughts on this year's Irish? Uh, 
you know, I, I think the, their identity, you know, it's hard for me to say because I don't think they know. And until they really find out, you know, that they what they want to be really good at, what they want to be known for, uh, it's it's you know it's anybody's guess. Like it's week to week, you know. I was gonna say that's kind of tough if you still don't have your identity yet in the middle of the season. Well, unfortunately, I mean it can be yes, but as long as you're good at the other things that you're trying out and doing, and, and then successful with that before you transfer over completely to that to a new system. Well said. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, well, go Irish today. I don't know with this win what that's going to do, but we'll see what we'll see about three hours. It's going to be fun, right? All right, Bill Bill Gallagher, we appreciate you. Thank you for taking the time. I know Pat sent you over to me and, and uh, couldn't be more grateful. Okay, uh, you're you, welcome. Go Irish. Glad to be here. Exactly, go Irish. All right, we'll be right back on the Legacy Surrogate Day Show on Sports Radio 960 WSBT, streaming at WSBTradio.com or through the WSBT. All right. Had to have a little peppy music to get things going here towards the as we get ready to close out. How about some sponsors? Legacy Heating and Air Game Day, powered by Legacy Heating and Air, a Cook family business. Also by Michelob Ultra, locally distributed by United Beverage Company. Michelob Ultra, the superior light beer with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. The Orthopedic and Sports Medicine Center, OSMC, providing orthopedic care to Michiana since 1973. Imperial Furniture in Dwajak, where furniture shopping is fun. Lozier, launch your career at Lozier. Apply today at lifeatlozier.com. Pella Windows, replacing your windows and doors can be intimidating, but Pella makes it easy. And Hotel Elkhart, welcome to an Elkhart original with hospitality reimagined your home on game day weekends. If you're out and about batting down the hatches, it is windy. We apologize for some of the wind sounds in there nothing we can do yeah we, we want to be out here in the elements just like the fans of football so here comes a guy walking in shorts that might be a little more a little bit much yeah yeah a little daring today right but we want to thank kite realty tegan and all of her team at kite realty for uh, having us out here and hosting we appreciate their use of their golf cart to uh, get rudy back and forth here and everything yeah. they do to help us with the setup and stuff too we're going to take a short break and then we'll be right back to close the hour of the legacy heating and air game day show so give me the night give me the night give the notre dame team the night tonight 7 30 nbc home game number four clemson takes on your friday and irish my advice is to sync up the radio with the TV. That would be a good idea. <laughs> I like that. I like that thought. We've got the better play-by-play. -play. You you are absolutely right about that. <laughs> I tell you what, that wind, it's like nothing, yeah. and then all of a sudden it's just like going to take, it's, take it's us everything. away. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, if, you, if anybody hasn't left yet and is going to the game, right now it still says it's 63 degrees right outside. We're just at the tail end on the radar of a little bit of rain. But by the end of the game, it's going to be 47 degrees. So you're gonna, ah. you better be dressing in different layers and stuff so you're ready for that later on. And the wind, though, is not going to stop. According to the uh, weather report, the wind's going to continue as high as gusts of 50 miles an hour. Now, I don't know what that's going to do in the stadium, but my guess is it's going to be an adventure for passing I'm guessing and punting a lot of, and kicking. I'm guessing a lot of two-point conversions and a lot, of fourth down, uh, <laughs> a lot of fourth down attempts. You got that right. You got that right. Hey, Jim and I want to thank Matt Embry back at the studios for producing and also to our engineer, Bob Henning, and our account executive and tent holder downer, Brian Miller. The human weight, Brian. You got it. 
We want to thank uh, all of our guests that took the time out on this windy day uh, and also on their busy weekend to stop by. They are the ones that make this so possible. But you, the listeners, are the one that each and every week decide to turn us on, and we can't be more happy. Don't go anywhere as WSBT's Notre Dame game coverage continues right after the break. It's details and X's and O's about today's matchup on Game Day Sports Beat, powered by Michelob Ultra. Immediately following Sports Beat, it's the Notre Dame Network pregame show. Then it's the kickoff just after 7.30 p.m. And after the game, make sure to join Jim and Reggie Brooks for the official Notre Dame postgame show. Hoping for another fun one tonight. We are. We like it when Reggie's in a good mood for you. Oh, absolutely. So let's hope, let's get a win. <laughs> if for no other reason to give Jim a good night there That's tonight. That's right. Hey, next Saturday, it's another breakfast show as game day will be there to start your Notre Dame football Saturday from 7 to 9 a.m. Oh, boy. And as your Fighting Irish take on the midshipmen from Navy at noon. For Jim Marizari, this is Tim Growl. We hope you enjoyed today's show, and thank you for listening to the Legacy Heating Air Game Day show on your home for Fighting Irish football, Sports Radio 960 AM WSBT. Go Irish! Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. 